Thank you for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues, Sarah Beatty and Jordan Sherman. And you may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. And when you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not readily recognize, creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD brand. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs episode 61. We are recording on Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. And we are so happy that you're joining us for today's exciting conversation. You know, Sarah, we have a great guest today. He is Jody McGinnis, who is Hemp Industries Association Executive Director. Hemp Industry Association is the nation's foremost hemp industry nonprofit that focuses on hemp education, advocacy, and sustainability. And Jody today is going to talk about the latest issues in hemp. So we're thrilled about this because, you know, we want to learn more about Hemp Industries Association, also known as the HIA, and how this group can keep you up to date on the latest issues in hemp so you can educate your customers and build their loyalty. And we are going to dive into how Hemp Industries Industries Association uses its social and traditional media um, to educate and build an audience. And lastly, we're going to talk about how the Hemp Open Space event is an area where you and other hemp businesses can uh, tackle issues that help you build a resilient brand, which we know, again, is very important in the brand protection PR process. So let's get started. Uh, Sarah, let's bring in Jody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Move the Stairs podcast today. Thanks very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, as Diane alluded to earlier, we know it's going to be a great conversation, so I don't want to keep our audience waiting. Let's dive right into it. Um, you know, we know that one of the biggest challenges for a CBD company is building customer loyalty. And this comes at a time when there are so many different companies and products to choose from. Um, that's where we're going to be focusing here. The first few questions. Uh, I, I just wanted to start here with, you know, you being on top of the latest in hemp, the latest uh, industry news, so to speak, um, so that you can answer questions when it comes to customers and, you know, building that customer loyalty what are some of the top issues you're seeing in the hemp space right now? Oh, that's a, a great question. And, and there are quite a few, if I'm going to be honest, in terms of uh, issues uh, vying for people's attention, especially um, you know, CBD uh, manufacturers, retailers, and consumers. Um, to your point about sort of uh, um, what they can be doing with their customers to, to build relationships, I think there's both a challenge and an opportunity when it comes to this uh, industry. Uh, the challenge is uh, the lack of, of federal uh, uh, guidance on this uh, leaves a, a lot of gray area, a lot of uh, consumers hungry for information, um, um, for accurate, trusted information, for, for products that inform them and help them incorporate uh, uh, their products into uh, you know their health regimes. Um, 
and or uh, you know speak to the, the the effects that they're looking for from their product. So I think there's an opportunity in that that challenge to really build bonds with consumers through education, through respectfully engaging them as as uh, um, you know. Um, independent agents in the market who have a lot of brands to choose from, you're going to win consumers for a long time if you if you build those relationships from a position of respect and, and transparency. So I think that's the opportunity. Boy, I love that, um, you know, winning loyal customers for a long time. We talk about <clears throat> transparency and authenticity all the time. You know, one of the things that we're seeing is a number of groups, pardon me, that educate cannabis businesses, various businesses. And I think that sometimes it's difficult for business owners who all have real limited time and resources to choose who to affiliate with and who to follow. So, you know, for a business owner who's listening right now, can you talk about what makes HIA uh, a unique um association, a, a unique place to find information. Sure. Well, thanks for, for the chance to talk about that. The HIA um, is an extraordinary organization. It's been around for almost 30 years. So for, for you know, two decades before the hemp industry was even a, a you know, a twinkle in anybody's eye, mm-hmm. uh, this organization was uh, people who, who believed in, in the value of making products out of hemp, and they worked tirelessly as activists for years to try and get us to where we eventually got to, to, to an industry. And the HIA has always been this really cool idea. You know, it's a, it was founded idealistically as a very democratic nonprofit where the members get to make every decision from who our board is to what changes to our mission, to, to what happens in, in the, to our assets if we dissolve. It, it really is a, um, a joint enterprise um, that's always been powered by people who want to give back and do a little bit more than make a buck, but, you know, also make a difference. And, and so, um, that makes you know the cast of people who've come through uh, large and diverse and interesting, but it also makes it sort of a running, a running bet uh, in favor of of uh, our better angels, if if you, if you would, you know the the people whose companies and farms and uh, um, those are our members, businesses and farms. Those that join are the ones that uh, believe in in making the industry into into everything it can be. So it's a it's kind of a, a cool cool endeavor to be a part of. Uh, education is is built right into the mission. Um, in fact, uh, a part of our mission statement reads um, uh, to educate the market uh, for the benefit of our members, the public and the planet. Um, uh, so, so it's um, uh, it's been uh, things like our Hemp History Week campaign, which we've uh, run for over over 10 years, um, going into retail, uh, mostly natural product stores uh, to talk about hemp foods and to demystify and, and clarify some of the myths about hemp. Uh, this year, we have an event uh, that's taking place in June in, in Kentucky, which is exactly the same idea. It's, you know, in Deep Red, Kentucky, we're hosting a one-day educational and, and entertainment event that's designed to bring out the locals to teach them about this plant, the value of adding hemp to their rotations, um, uh, to, to dispel some of the misconceptions and myths, and and really just... Uh, um, it's a benefit, uh, the concert itself. So it gives to, to a local uh, nonprofit. Um, uh, uh, so the idea is, you know, showing how, how hemp is uh, helping communities and, and can be a resource for, for rural communities, because that's really the vision that our members have always had. 
um, going all the way back is that this would uh, return value to the communities that have had had you know a lot uh, extracted from them over the last couple of generations and, and help. But you know, with a new cash crop, we have this opportunity to reinvest in those communities. So it's um, it, it's it's a education is is really just a, a measure of or a um, a tool that we use to try and. Uh, advance this uh, this industry, but it's uh, it's always been uh, a big part of our quiver. So joining the HIA keeps you informed just from a national level because we focus on that stuff. Um, just signing up for our email list, you can you can go to our website, which is thehia.org, uh, t-h-e-h-i-a.org, um, and if you just sign up for our web uh, or for our mail, email list, you'll you can get national news and policy updates about hemp. Um, sent to your, your inbox every month, and you can uh, sign up for what we call our Hemp Roots newsletter, which gives you um, uh, um, action alerts about your state, things that are happening in your state about hemp regulations. And that's really key right now because, because of the, the way that hemp was legalized, we have nearly 50 different ways that hemp is regulated in the United States, and everybody trying to do business needs to sort of reconcile those two state regulatory frameworks um, plus uh, federal considerations at the same time. I find that really interesting, and I think the education is great because it really helps um, solidify that customer loyalty because it builds your thought leadership as a business owner when you know what's going on. I'm also interested on top of basic education, there are those topical news stories that come out every day. I mean, I know I spend probably a good 30 to 60 minutes a day reading what different uh, groups have released. Um, And my question to you is, do you have any tips for business owners on where you think they should go, where they're going to be able to get the latest news, but be able to do it in a really time effective way? Because we all know Time is as important as money when you're building a business. Well, uh, I do have a, a suggestion, uh, really a solution for that problem. Um, if you uh, become a member of the Hemp Industries Association, whether it's a farming business member or even just a, a supporting member, which we have for individuals, uh, they don't get to, to vote, but otherwise get, get a lot of the benefits. Um, you get a customized AI-generated newsletter delivered to your inbox every week, which does the work of curating for you based on your interests and based on the articles you click on, it chooses from a huge swath of uh, subject matter that uh, we, um, that, that the HIA covers, or at least our members are interested in, allows our members to create a weekly newsletter for themselves that includes articles on those subjects that, that are of most interest to them, but um, doesn't, doesn't make them uh, do all the, the sifting to, to find them. So it's, uh, it's really designed to help solve that exact problem. And that's uh, available at uh, any level of membership. That's a great, a great tool. I didn't even know that, that was there. We're, well, so we're going to definitely get into that, aren't we guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jody, one of the things that we talk about so often on the Move the Stairs podcast is what we call um, insider media relations, because we're all former journalists. Um, and so I'm loving that AI, you know, idea of like being able to stay on top of a whole bunch of, of data sources at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the sources that we look at every day is, is uh, Hemp Industry Daily. And that's where we found out that the U.S. government is earmarking, you know, $45 million for sustainable construction materials, which you know, that could be an amazing opportunity for um, hemp companies. 
And when you want to, or, or some of your members want to reach out and share information um, about um, HIA or about projects that HIA members are involved in, which media sources do you reach out to? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you like make that initial contact? Sure. Well, we do have a, um, a, an ongoing relationship with Hemp Industry Daily. They, um, they interview us monthly for a sort of hemp industry uh, quick, uh, quick takes of, of updates. And, and uh, so, so there's a good partnership there, but there are lots of good uh, organs for, for, for reaching this audience, but it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, um, you know Hemp Grower Magazine uh, does some fine work. Hemp Today is more European focused, but it's also got some insightful um, um, uh, uh, information every week. Um, and then there, I, I'm leaving out, you know, uh, a dozen or more uh, sources that may um, cover hemp as part of what they do or um, overlap hemp by focusing on, uh, you know, a uh, grain production or, uh, you know, a sustainable farming. So hemp is sort of, a, a, you know, a, a subject line, but not a, not a main focus for a lot. So in terms of those news articles that that, that go into the, the mix for that algorithm to search, it is, uh, you know, there's probably more than 50 different online news sources that that pulls from. And those are all picked by staff and, and uh, myself uh, and, and the leadership because there is no really... Uh, I mean, the, there is no one channel where you can be sure to get everything. So, so it's a it's an ongoing challenge. But um, you know, the HIA again, not, not to toot our own horn, but um, having been around so long, one thing that we've amassed that a lot of uh, that is sort of unique is is a very large audience. We have you know an email list that is uh, about twenty six, twenty seven thousand opt in emails, and gathered largely through tabling events and those education things that we've done in activism uh, efforts. Um, So, uh, and then, you know, through our membership, obviously, as well. And so it's, um, uh, that gives us a pretty big megaphone. Uh, We also have a a very large, uh, very engaged, highly engaged social media audience. So um, one of the benefits of membership at the business for business members is uh, the ability to simply share good news. If it's, if it's non-commercial, if it's an achievement, an award, um, a certification, an initiative, uh, you know, positive coverage in the, for local work in the community, um, or uh, something like that, it, it can just be fed straight into our, our, our uh, social media platforms and benefit from that engagement. Um, likewise, members have access to, to, to reaching that, that email list through, through some other benefits. But, um, you know, we, we, um, we've cultivated and grown that list by not, uh, not abusing it. Frankly, you know, not 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 using it. Uh, you know, we're a we're a nonprofit, and most people who signed up for it signed up because they cared about the cause, not because they were looking for, uh, you know, business uh, advertisements. So, so we use it sparingly and judiciously, um, but it is um, it is a unique, a uniquely valuable property that that can be used to good effect. Uh, and that that you know that in addition to our media partners, some of whom I named, are are really our go tos in those scenarios. That's great. And when, you know, you, you talked a little bit about social media, what social media channels do you think provide the best hemp information? Who do you follow? 
Well, I can't do them all, right? I mean, um, <laughs> give, me your, give me your top link, two. Um, LinkedIn is is our preferred platform for anything that has to do with business. Um, I think it is a reality that this is a, is a, is a young industry. Uh, there's a lot of uh, what I would characterize as, as first time or, or newer entrepreneurs out there and businesses who, um, it, you know, may be more accustomed to using uh, more social oriented networks. There's a lot of hemp talk on Facebook and in, in groups and, and, and the like. Um, Instagram is very active for us and we do a good job relating to our constituents through Instagram and Facebook. Um, but in terms of conducting business or being serious, we try to focus that on LinkedIn because really that's the, the most appropriate platform with the right features for, for, for commerce and, and uh, networking. No, Jody, that's a, a fascinating um, answer because we find LinkedIn to also be that place where a lot of professionals are are hanging out, at least in the social media space. Um, so my question, my follow up to that is if you're looking for uh, professionals who are reporters, are they living in the LinkedIn space or if you have a tip to outreach to those people, um, where are you finding that they live and what would that tip be? Well, you know, it's it's um, my, my tip would be that reporters are researchers. Make yourself visible and valuable and they'll find you. That's that's good. Fair I enough. Like <laughs> I love that. We talk about that all the time. Oh, and I just want to really quickly for our listeners, let everyone know that um, we've got a fantastic episode coming up next time on Move the Stairs. We're going to have a wonderful conversation with Debbie Churgai with Americans for Safe Access. And that's a group that, um, Jody, I'm sure you know about. It's uh, They're working to legalize medical marijuana at the state and federal level, but also increase the safety right. of medical marijuana through best practices. So that's going to be really a fantastic conversation next time coming up on Move the Stairs. But now we're going to move on to this other issue that we work on with our clients, and that's creating a resilient CBD brand. It's so true, Sarah. You know, CBD business owners are always on the lookout for ways to strengthen their business and weather threats to their reputation and bottom line. And that's all, that's what we do basically with Brand Protection PR. We help our clients find the opportunity in every challenge, really polish those reputations and prepare for the unexpected. And that's how you build a resilient CBD brand. So, Jody, we know that looking ahead to what could be happening in the industry is one of the key elements in building that resilient brand. And you're involved uh, with the Hemp Open Space event, so you'll have a lot of input in the next couple of weeks on things that are coming down the pike. But I would think um, this is a type of program where business owners can find that information that, that's coming down the pike. Tell us a little bit about that event. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be involved. Hemp Open Space is uh, um, uh, the next one is on uh, March 16th. Uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'll, I'll send the address is hempopenspace.org uh, for more information. But um, I'm one of the speakers and, and it's a really unique networking opportunity. It sort of starts as a, a guided conversation with some guest speakers talking, each talking about uh, a subject that's you know designed to be sort of an open question to stimulate discussion, and uh, once everybody sort of 
talked about their thing at the outset, the 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 format shifts into um, free flowing breakout rooms. Each uh, each one sort of organized around the the questions raised by that uh, those speakers. So uh, people sort of can uh, move organically from one uh, conversation to the next, and it creates a very um, uh, well uh, a much more natural feel to interactions. Um, but it also um, you know facilitates things like in exchanging contact information more readily and uh, some, sort of some of the, the missing pieces from from virtual ne- networking versus in person um, it, it does a, uh, a neat job of, of trying to, to meet those needs in a, in a more effective and a more um, low pressure and, and, and more casual environment than I think uh, um, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, other virtual forums that I've seen have. So, so I'm sharing the stage with some really interesting people, which is great. They, they you know, so, so um, they can do the heavy lifting for me. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, it, you know, the head of the Hemp Building, U.S. Hemp Building Association, uh, Jacob Waddell. He's one of the other uh, uh, speakers. Uh, I believe there's somebody from um, uh, Vicente Cedarberg's uh, Hemp Group as well, um, you know, legal experts. So there should be some really fascinating perspectives there. Boy, that sounds like a fantastic event. Is it in person? It's not. It's all virtual forum, uh, and um, it's uh, uh, it, it's a relatively intuitive software, very easy to use. Not not unlike the ones most people are, are accustomed to, um, but it just sort of is structured in a way to to add bells and whistles that make it more of a um, a natural networking opportunity. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Um, you know, you mentioned Hemp Industries Association. It's been around for, for quite some time, 30 years. My right. goodness. Most, yeah. Oh, my gosh. In your opinion, what are the qualities of a really solid hemp business that give it longevity? So in your um, from your perspective, you know, as we're all trying to build businesses that stick around for a while, what are those qualities that lend themselves to longevity? That's a great question because, you know, um, being founded in in 94, HIA itself is probably one of the four or five longest lasting hemp businesses in the country, right? So, um, and and our membership history during that 28 years of existence, the story of HIA is the story of people who tried to start a business with hemp and by and large failed or eventually went away. I mean, their businesses that were started came and they're no longer around because they couldn't get the the product sourced in an economic way, or there were regulatory hurdles or production challenges or other things. So um, the the number of businesses that have made it through that far is vanishingly small. Uh, at this point, um, uh, or, or uh, I think something like Four or five years is the average age of uh, of hemp businesses. So, it's, uh, longevity is really relative um, in this industry. I, you know, it seems like an obvious answer, but the thing that ensures uh, or gives you any chance at longevity is adaptability. Yep. Right. Um, um, ad- adaptability is partially reactive, but it's also about proactive innovation, being open and receptive to change, and looking for new uh, um, avenues or new technological solutions, new ways to do business. Um, I would say aggressively looking to for ways to innovate is, is an, impart, an important part of being adaptive because it's not going to come to you and solve itself. You sort of have to identify the path ahead as, as we're all uh, traveling a road that is shifting constantly. 
It's a fascinating answer, and it kind of leads, you know, to my next question and our final question for you, Jody. Hmm. And, you know, that is how can CBD businesses prepare for regulatory changes that may or may not be coming in 2022? It seems like we're all sitting on pins and needles waiting for this to happen. Um, so how can we be ready for that? How can they be ready for that? Um, well, yeah, we we are hoping that that this will be the year that the FDA does its rulemaking. Um, although it is, you know, highly likely that that's going to be that's not going to be the end result. Though they'll probably put out a rule that um, yeah, it's entirely possible that that it would face legal challenges and not go into effect right away. Uh, I know, um, you know, I know there's a lot of worry from the CBD manufacturer side about what the the FDA might try to do in terms of limiting the market and making I mean, putting it into a, a pharmaceutical box. Um, so, so we'll see, and, and nobody has really any insight into what they're doing, but a lot depends on, on what they, what actions they take. And those actions will have ramifications at the state and local level. Um, much of the complication of this industry is brought about by the fact that, that interstate commerce is not yet regulated from a federal standpoint. And that's part of the FDA's charge. So, um, you know, beginning to, um, take away some of those, uh, institutional roadblocks to commerce and free enterprise that exists uniquely for this industry is is one of the first steps was the USDA's rule, which came out this year. And now the FDA's rule it will, will hopefully cover the rest, sort of the post, uh, post-harvest uh, part of the regulatory uh, regime for this uh, commodity. Well, it's going to be very interesting to watch, but it's going to be very interesting for businesses to kind of have a plan A and a plan B, depending on what mm-hmm. happens, right? And to to think about how they're going to respond and to make sure that they are responding. Because as you said, being very proactive is the is really the key to longevity when it when it comes to it, it comes down to it. Is that what you think? I, it is, um, and I, it occurs to me that I'm almost negligent and not not adding a coda to what I just said, which is um, for CBD businesses, our advice is really to be on the lookout at what's happening in your states. Um, there are mis- there are uh, attempts to regulate hemp products going on in several states right now that have alarm- alarming implications for CBD, either because the science in the legislation is poorly thought out or the ramifications haven't yet been considered. And in a lot of cases, you're seeing states attempting to, to take on complicated issues of regulating cannabinoids, and they're sweeping all of them into one bucket, and it's, it could have the potential of limiting state markets in several states. So um, uh, I would encourage your members to be aware, to, to um, sign up for, our, for HIA's email, for the, for the hemp roots email list, and, and so you, you get updates about what's happening, and you um, get the, uh, the notice when it's time to get your legislators' uh, um, phones ringing because it's all hands on deck. Um, uh, that, that's what it's there for, and, and this really is uh, going to be a complicated year in a number of states as they try to work through these regulatory issues. I think that's so important. And, and um, I'm glad you said that because it is you, you need to know what's going on specifically in your state as well as at the federal level. And it's going to be very important to belong to some organization who's really working because a lot of times this legislation is written um, by people who aren't really involved in the industry. And so there are those nuances that can make all the difference for a business. So we couldn't agree with you more that being proactive, being on top of things is really important. So thank you so much. What a great interview. We, we are thrilled that you were with us today. I, was, I had a great time. Thanks so much for having me. So Jody McGinnis from the Hemp Industries Association is our guest today. We learned some great stuff 
And uh, I'm I'm thrilled because, you know, th those AI newsletters, that's my take home point for building <laughs> customer loyalty, uh, a quick way to know, um, you know, and somebody who is in the know, who's putting everything together for you. So, you know, what's going on in the industry and you can talk to your customers about it, whether you're talking on social media, whether um, you're talking at point of sale, um, whether you're just educating on your website. All those are so important for building customer loyalty. So, guys, that's what I took home from this today. That's that's a pretty cool tool. You know, from an insider media relations standpoint, Diane, I loved how uh, Jody was right to the point in saying that, hey, make yourself visible and reporters yep. will come find you. <clears throat> yep. And then he, he also added how LinkedIn has become this powerful platform um, for businesses to share ideas and um, collaborate for the betterment of the industry. And, you know, when we think about LinkedIn, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful platform for this industry. And if reporters are looking there, they may very well find you. So get out there, be active and share your voice. Absolutely. And make sure those, those uh, platforms that you have, those accounts reflect you in a way that is going to draw those reporters in. Um, but I'll tell you what, when he, when Jody was talking about building a you know resilient uh, brand, I what caught my attention is always thinking, being proactive and reactive. It's like two sides of the same coin. You've got to react to whatever's happening on the ground. That's part of being resilient. But you got to be proactive, looking at what's coming down the pike. Um, you know, what you might need to get ready for. So I think that's uh, just incredibly good advice. Uh, what a fascinating conversation and how many resources available for anybody <laughs> listening. My gosh, you guys. Right. Thia.org is the place to be. Yep. So thanks again to our special guest, Jody McGinnis from Hemp Industries Association. Uh, for joining us on Move the Stairs today. And thank you to our listeners and our viewers for joining us. We hope you will join us again soon for our next Move the Stairs podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase Move the Stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.